Welcome everyone to She Rises Studios podcast. My name is Hannah Levis and I'm going to be your host and I'm joined today with a very, very special guest and we are going to be talking about letting go of your ex. Before we get started though, I am happy to introduce Dr. Courtney Warren and Wow, are you um, like this incredible, phenomenal writer, which we're going to talk about, but you also have a PhD in psychology and you are, I would say, a relationship expert in the sense of helping men and women overcome um, love addiction. Is is that fair enough to say? <laughs> Very fair to say. Yes, I think you know, the reason that psychology is so compelling is that it's the study of us, right? It's the study of human nature. And so at its best, we can use it to help ourselves. And so my goal really is to bring solid, empirically supported research to the public in ways that hopefully helps us all feel better, be better, rise, be our best selves so that we don't look back at the end of our lives with a lot of regret that we enjoy every day and every moment and appreciate it to the greatest that we can. So one of the things that I noticed you uh, talk about is, you know, having a love addiction, uh, overcome, you know, leaving your ex, uh, wondering, you know, will someone love you as much as they do? Or were, the on- were they the only person in the world who loved you? Like there's so many, especially for women and our podcast is typically for women. So But I know myself, when I started reading your stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, was that me like 15 years ago? Like those are real things, right? That happen. So talk to me about that. Oh my goodness. You know, love is one of those things and romantic relationships in general. One of those topics that brings people to therapy more than almost anything else, because it's such a part of our experience as humans is to fall in love, to think about ourselves in pairs with loved ones. And it's not always romantic love, but oftentimes it is. That's part of our journey. And the reality is that love, romantic love, falling in love is actually an addictive process that there's this large body of neurobiological research emerging to suggest that we're really programmed to become addicted to our mate. You meet someone and you become enchanted and they make you feel amazing. And so you think about them all the time and you crave them and you want to be with them. And it's this addictive nature that actually serves us really well in some ways because it makes you want to touch them, have sex with them, biologically procreate, and then ensure that you survive, right? It it helps our species from a very impersonal perspective to survive. But it's also so profoundly painful because When you fall hard for someone, it doesn't mean they're going to be a good fit for you. It doesn't mean your relationship's going to last. It doesn't even mean that you're going to like them as a person. And so when you fall madly in love with someone, sometimes it is beyond painful, that breakup, because you're confronted with all of these self-deceptive tendencies and all of this putting them on a pedestal and what it felt like, this euphoric feeling of them and what you built it up to be in your mind, right? This fantasy version of who you wish they were. And in reality, it's this 
huge heartache falling down for most of us on our face where we really have to confront, wow, who are they really? Who am I really? What do I value in my life? How can I move forward from this without allowing it to break me? Let me doubt myself. How can I transform through it and use it as learning instead of this painful, depressing experience? So you, what you described earlier was the, like what a lot of people call the newlywed stage where, you know, the couple becomes almost one person. They, they, they do everything together. And, and so you go from one extreme to the other and it's, it's a huge life change, right? So what do we say to these women who are going through this? I actually have a good friend of mine who just two days ago came home and everything in her home was gone, husband gone, kids gone. And mm. she swears that there's no warning sign, you know, got divorce papers served to her this morning. I mean, so obviously he had it planned, right? And mm-hmm. she's just in shambles. So what do you say to someone who's going through something like that? You know, what's the first step to healing or even, you know, what is the first step period? The first step is to pause because particularly with your friend, as you're describing, a lot of times breakups you can see coming, but sometimes you really can't. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are in situations where they feel completely blindsided. They didn't see it coming. They thought everything was amazing. They thought they were building a life together or they were engaged or they were moving in. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're ghosted or they're served divorce papers. If you're in that kind of a situation, I would say pause. Before you do anything, take a moment because you're probably in shock. Mm -hmm. And in many situations, breaking up looks like a grieving process. When you're in shock and in those beginning stages of questioning and denial and how did this happen and what's going on, we're generally not in a good position to make choices that we're not going to regret later, right? Because it's a very reactive moment. And so what I would say is, let me remind you that you're not alone. A lot of people go through breakups like this. You're going to be okay. You can get through this. It's going to take time. It's going to probably hurt excruciatingly so, but you're going to take it one day at a time, sometimes one hour at a time or one minute at a time. And it's really, really helpful if you can help manage your symptoms in those moments instead of just reacting out of emotion. So pause, think, how do I want to handle this? Practically, what do I need to do to take care of myself? I probably need to find a lawyer. Maybe I should call my best friend and bawl my eyes out that I can't believe this is happening. I need to probably check in with where my children are. Like get really non-emotional. And I don't mean that you're not going to circle back to the emotion, but I mean that to say, the first step is to stop the bleeding. How can we help you just cope? Cope without hurting yourself more or hurting the situation more. Do more of what helps you, get social support, make a plan, and less of what's going to hurt you, which is oftentimes those reactive, angry outbursts, the wanting to go slash his tires, the checking on social media, where is he cheating or is she cheating or 
right? Those kinds of things that, of course, in the moment, it's very common for people to want answers and to want revenge and to be angry and to feel absolutely betrayed. And those are all feelings that are important to work through over time. And they're probably not in your best interest to tackle immediately during those moments of the breakup because they're eventually going to hurt you more. Wow. So much information and actually good information. I think a lot of us go into react mode when we're going through that process and none of us really pause and say, okay, I need to feel this part. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be sad. It's Mm -hmm. okay to be numb, you know, um, to actually allow ourselves to go through each thing so that we're not in that reactive form. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I will definitely share that with her. Please. (laughs) Yeah, breathe, just breathe. Um, So you also talk about creating this vibrant, healthy life. Yeah. After breakup. Talk to me about that. So often after a bad breakup, some of the most painful aspects about it are this identity shift that you will make conclusions about yourselves or ourselves that we will do this that are actually really harmful to you in the long run. And they're really not true. They're really lies. So for example, one of the most common things that I hear is no one else is going to want me. Now I'm somehow broken. Somehow there's something profoundly fundamentally flawed about me. And that is absolutely not true. Whether your ex wants to be with you or not actually has no effect on your value as a human being. And I think it's so easy to take this massive self-esteem hit when you're going through a breakup that I want to help people fight because it's not going to help you. And it's usually based in some very faulty conclusions about what the breakup means. And so... As you think about this breakup, I really encourage people to frame it from the larger perspective of your life. Your life is a long one. It's going to have lots of ups and downs. Some of those downs are going to absolutely be excruciating. And the question then becomes, how are you going to respond? What are you going to do in response to this that can help you use it to learn about yourself and grow and get stronger and realize the things about your former relationship that perhaps were really not healthy for you or that you don't want in the future or that, right, that you can use to create this next life adventure that is scary in many ways because it's unknown and it is daunting, but the degree to which you can see this as just one part of your much larger life story, the better. Because you have to remember that you're, you still have you. You're still you. You're actually the same. Now, how can I help us transform ourselves into an even stronger, more empowered version of ourselves through the pain, not in reaction to it? Yeah. Wow. I always, you know, I, I mean, we've all gone through breakups and, and I think you're right, especially with women. We say, what did I do wrong? Is it, is it how I look? Is there someone else? Um, all of a sudden we go into reaction mode and we, we say, we're going to lose weight. 
we're going to work out. We're going to cut our hair. We're, we go through like this total makeover, but yeah. mentally and internally, we are just hurt. We're just hurt, you so, know, and we're trying to fix the, the hurt by doing the aesthetics, but really it is it, the internal that needs the healing to go through that process. So I think, I don't think you could have explained it any better than you did, honestly. So thank you. So we've talked about, you know, um, creating this healthy life. We've talked about what do you do when it first happens? Mm-hmm. Share with me another thing that you, that you discuss in your book, you talk about overcoming an actual love addiction. So when you say love addiction, talk to me about that. So because falling in love really can be thought of as an addictive process, mm-hmm. when you break up, it sometimes looks like you're addicted to your ex. Mm. What I mean by that is you become highly fixated on them as if they are still the center of your world, even though you're not together anymore. Mm. And what I notice most obviously when they are so centrally the focus of your life, you will obsessively think about them. You will not be able to turn off your mind. You want answers. You want to know who they're sleeping with and where they did it and how it happened and how long they've been lying to like every woman's thoughts right now. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I mean, it's true. You crave them. You want to talk to them. You want to touch them. Sometimes you want to fix it and go back to the way it was and take them back. And sometimes you might want to punish them and hurt them because they hurt you so much. You also might notice yourself acting in ways that really hurts you in the long run, either to try to get closer to them. That would be things like looking for information about them online, checking your phone, sending them text messages, driving by their house or the person's house that they're now sleeping with, any version of that. But it could also be trying to distract yourself from your pain in ways that really hurt you, like drinking late at night or taking up smoking or hurting self-harm behavior. None of that's helpful and it's all part of the addictive nature of a breakup. And then the last thing that I really see in people is that you'll notice a host of other more serious psychological symptoms come up. You might feel really depressed. You might feel really anxious. You might struggle to get out of bed, cry constantly, not be able to focus at work. And when you see that you're having impairment in your general well-being like that, that's when I would say it's really important for you to get some help. Picking up my book, it has a ton of skills that you can learn and use to help yourself in it, but it's also a wonderful time to find a good therapist, to really create a support system for yourself of trusted friends and family and people that you can count on to help you work through your pain, because all of that is going to be important to coming out of this without doing too much damage to yourself along the way. So let's talk about your book. Um, so you wrote this book this year. You said it came out in February. Yes. Um, share, share some of your favorite nuggets because I really feel this is such an extraordinary topic that we're talking. This is the first time we've ever talked about this on She Writes Videos, which that's why I'm like so excited because, um, you know, we work with with women every single day from all over the world and someone somewhere is going through what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're sharing thoughts that most of us wouldn't even want to admit having, 
you know, like when we're, when you're talking about breakup, um, there is this anger in you. There mm. is this, um, stalker in you. <laughs> I think, I think at some point we may all have it, but it's yeah. to the degree that you use it. So tell me how, how does your book help? Like, what are some true, um, nuggets that these women can really just like say, wow, all the light bulbs are turning on right now and I can change these things. Well, it's based on a cognitive behavioral formulation of therapy. So that's CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. And so there are skills in here that help you target all of the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that you'll notice in yourself when you're going through a really bad breakup. So for example, one of the first behavioral things that I want anyone out there who's going through this to do is to get as much distance from your ex as possible. And the reason for that is that when you're in touch with them, when you're thinking about them, when you're seeing them, you're actually reinforcing your symptoms. Think of them as your drug. Think of them as you're using when you're trying to get answers or even when you're ruminating about hurting them, about being angry. It's still contact in your own mind. Mm. So get the pictures out of the way. Get rid of their stuff in your space. Cut yourself off as much as you can from looking them up on social media and checking your phone because it keeps you focused on them as opposed to what I really want you to do, which is turn the mirror inward, turn the spotlight to yourself so that you can say, wow, I am really in a lot of pain right now and I need to start healing me. And what they're doing is actually completely irrelevant because we are not together right now. There is a lot of reframing of cognitive distortions in the book as well. A lot of the lies that you may believe about your ex and how to help you shift your thinking to be more accurate and helpful. So for example, if you notice yourself thinking, oh gosh, I'm not pretty enough. I didn't lose the weight and I'm not 25 anymore. And I don't give as as much attention to my partner because we have kids and I'm working and pause. How can we reframe all of those obsessive thoughts that go through all of our minds when we go through a breakup to make them more accurate and more helpful for you? For example, you might say, I am much more busy. I do have a family. And the reality is I'm going to age just like the rest of us will. And I have conflicting priorities and Mm -hmm. I take those seriously and it appears that we weren't really able to navigate that very well. And so as I look at my life moving forward, I might make some changes to where I prioritize my time, or I might have to look at my partner or my ex-partner and say, you know, you really didn't meet my needs in some important ways either. We were a team doing this. And now my fantasy version of you is completely broken. So how can I embrace a belief system that actually empowers me instead of tears me down. Because so much of this thought stream that goes through our own minds during a breakup is so rough. It's so cruel to ourselves. It's the kind of things that you'd never say to your friends. You'd never say them because they're so mean. Yeah, true. Holding yourself accountable for those, learning to become aware of them and to assess where they're coming from and to actively practice changing them is critical to helping build yourself up again. 
So amazing. So in other words, you know, no one should go out and reenact the scene from Waiting to Exhale. Which is one of my favorite movies when she just packs all the stuff in the car and lights it on fire. The fire department comes and she, and they're like, ma'am, do you know your car's on fire? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She, she reacted out of anger. But what you're saying and what you've been saying all along is stop, breathe, process, feel. Yes. But, but don't blame yourself, you know, and stay away from your ex. Even if, even if it's an amical breakup there, if you, I feel like if you're staying in contact with them, even though it's, it's good, you ended as friends, whatever, I feel like we still need our space, right. To heal, to kind of grow. Um, and really maybe really see like, why, why didn't we work? Like you said, it, that fantasy of who I was versus who I am, you know, uh, expectations not being met. So I'm really excited to completely read your book. And with that said, can you share where our audience can find your book and you? Of course, you can go to my website, drcourtney.com. It's C-O-R-T-N-E-Y. You can buy the book on any book selling site that you'd like, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Goodreads, wherever you like to buy your books. And I have started some social media accounts where I'm just giving information and tips. If you think that might be useful, you're welcome to follow for free. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Courtney, for joining me today. I, I'm so impressed with with what you've done and 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 what you're doing. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna revisit this topic again. I think there's so much more we could talk about. So thank you for being with me today on She Rides the Studios platform. It was truly a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I wish the best to anyone out there because we're all gonna go through this at some point, sometimes many times. So remember that you're not alone in this. Thank you. Bye everyone. Thank you all so much for joining another episode of She Rises Studios podcast. Please follow us online at She Rises Studios. You can also visit our website at www.sherisesstudios.com.